0: We're excited to have maria ramsey with us today she is an artist and creativity guide we've talked a lot on this show about the different benefits of the arts and we tried to provide at least a little bit of practical application in each episode but today is going to be especially practical because she's going to teach us how to set up creative spaces integrate the arts and expressive engagement in our daily lives. Uh, And I'm really excited to talk with her because my creative space needs some help. How about you,
1: Richard? I know I don't have one at home. I used to have one. My entire apartment was my creative space. And then it got too much where it was like work all the time, right? Mm. Everywhere I looked was work. So I moved into a studio But now I don't have anywhere to, now it's kind of sad because everywhere I look, I'm like, oh, there's no color anymore or there isn't like fun curtains hanging. So I'm really excited to talk to Maria um, and and, because it doesn't have to, I'm assuming, I don't know, we haven't filmed it yet, but I'm assuming it doesn't have to be a big room or it doesn't have to be this grand space. You just need a corner. That's what I did in my uh, apartment a lot too. So, she's kind of
0: nodding a little bit in the back. Yes. <laughs> so hopefully we're on She's like, right okay, track. she's like, I got She'll you. Just it.
1: Let me out there so I can talk to you. She's a visual artist, a poet, musician, herbalist, certified feng shui practitioner, and creativity guide. I want that title, a creativity guide. Mm. Her mission is to uncover more beauty, creativity, and magic in the world. She does this by creating her own art, as well as helping artistic beings to craft supportive creative practices. And uh, she says that she has a regular creative practice, which has been so helpful for her mental health, it helps her feel fulfilled, inspired, and more connected to her own inner wisdom. So instead of talking about her, why don't we bring her out? That would be more appropriate. (laughs) So uh, let's start the show, shall we?
0: Yep. Welcome to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast where you will discover creative ways to improve your health and well-being. Someone may have told you that art isn't for you, but they were wrong. Anyone can create arts for the health of it. No talent or experience necessary.
1: I'm just a little somber Try to fly my way homeward with the melody And I make the beat Don't know where it'll take me, take me Cause when I'm in the dark of night I sing my way back to the light Come along with me, and your heart will see that a song changes everything. Oh, oh, oh. Hi, Maria. Hi. I'm going to throw you up here.
2: Okay. Easier.
1: <laughs> Where, uh, do you live? I was looking and I was like, she's all scarfed up. She must be cold.
2: It's very cold. I live in northern Vermont, so it's not oh, really spring here yet. <laughs> no. Wokes. It snowed either yesterday or the day before. Whoa. So um, it's I don't, pretty chilly.
1: How We're recording,
0: recording this oh, so. end of March if you're listening to this later. So, in San Antonio, it's already like going to be 90 this week. So, right. <laughs>
1: We should start – there needs to be maybe in our budget next season for bringing guests in
2: Yeah, from, office, mm.
1: from the cold from the cold climates and film in person so they get a little break.
2: I like Here. that. But then you'll have to have me back next year. There we That's go. Fine.
1: That's fine. But you can set up one of our creative spaces.
2: Amazing. Ooh, that sounds perfect. Like
1: that. Perfect. Um, Maria, what is a creativity guide?
2: The way that I define a creativity guide I call myself a guide instead of a coach because guide just feels more appropriate for my personality and who I am. And to me, a guide is really somebody who's kind of in the sometimes murky, sometimes unknown waters or forest of creativity with you. Kind of, I imagine almost like holding a torch, like a couple steps ahead rather Mm. than telling you what to do, but just kind of guiding and lighting the way as you explore creativity.
0: Mm. Have, I'm curious, do you have anyone in your life that was kind of a creative creativity guide for you?
2: Oh, good one. That's a good question. I think I do. I So I grew up as a musician. I have a lot of different artistic and creative pursuits I always have. But my kind of serious thing growing up was music and I have a piano teacher who was really meaningful to me and something that I really admired about her and something that I brought into my own teaching when I was teaching music for a while too is I feel like she was interested in kind of the weird things that I would say outside of just like this is how you play the piano, this is what you practice this week she would be interested in, I would tell her like the the birthday party that I threw for my stuffed bear or (laughs) the way that I was practicing the piano on my teeth and imagining different colors for the different notes. And she was interested in hearing about that. And I think that's unusual, but really valuable to have an adult validate those experiences.
0: Yeah. Your imagination.
2: Yeah. That's really cool. That's really special that you had that. Yeah. And I think... Oh, sorry. Go. I was just going to say, I think your imagination is so connected to creativity.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I read that you create every day. Is this true?
2: I do. Not a hundred percent every day. <laughs> there are exceptions, <laughs> but almost every day. That's something that I really try to prioritize in my schedule. Is there a-
1: you- Oh, go ahead. No, I was just. You're probably asking the same question. Uh, is there? why do you do it? Why is that a priority? And what have you noticed? When did you start doing that regularly? And how have, how, what have you noticed in your life? Um, That's my question. I feel like I have nine questions for you, but I'll start with those two.
2: (laughs) They're all related. I think I started doing it more consistently almost a year ago, like last spring or summer. And it's important for me because expressing my creativity does make me feel just like a more balanced, whole, well person. I think on a really tangible level, I'm a nicer person Hmm. when I make time for my creativity, especially first thing in the day before I get sucked into priorities from other people for work or for family or friendships or all the other aspects of my life. And it's just a way – it's a way to connect to my joy and my kind of inner child and my inner wisdom on a daily basis, which I think is really valuable. And I have noticed after doing that consistently that I, I have a much stronger connection to those parts of myself,
0: hmm.
2: I think. I have more access to them than I did before I was doing it so consistently. Hmm.
0: That's interesting because I think a lot of people think that creativity is based on inspiration or feel like feeling if you feel it then you do it but it sounds like you've created some structure and like okay it's something I'm going to do every day and through that process you've gained more access to inspiration and creativity. Did I Yes. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, that's 100% accurate. And that's something that I think about a lot and something I talk about a lot. I think as creative people, we have this tendency to resist structure because we want to be in the flow and we want to wait until inspiration strikes. But if you don't make space for inspiration to come to you and you don't make time for inspiration to come to you, like maybe it'll hit you while you're on a walk or in the shower, but you're not really prioritizing it in your life. And I, sometimes that means that I sit down and I make something that's not good, Mm
1: -hmm. which like, that's not really the
2: point to make something good. (laughs) (laughs) But, but the more that I make space for it regularly, the more likely I am to find that creative inspiration. I think it's like a muscle, like you have to use it in order for Mm. it to be consistent. Mm.
1: I like that, like making time for it. I know a lot of Like, uh, like, I guess a lot of creative people do that authors will sit down and make themselves write every day. Um, or musicians will write every day. I'm in a lot of groups of like, like video creators who they have challenges where you make a five minute thing every day, just to like, see your progress and, and, and to see what you can create. I think that's really smart. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about like the types of things that you're doing? Daily, because I'm assuming you're not taking three hours every day to create, right? So, like, if people are thinking, like, every day, that's so much time out of my day, how can I do that for myself? How can they do that? And what are you creating?
2: I usually, so what I've been working on lately is botanical illustrations and poetry, which sometimes Mm kind of go together, but it's been a really fun way for me to express my creativity. And I definitely don't do it for three hours every day. I would love to. And hopefully at one point in my life, I get to do that. (laughs) But I think it starts with making space for it in smaller ways, whether that's the end goal or not. I think we can start with it in much smaller pieces. So for me, I try to commit to 30 minutes every day, Hmm. which feels doable for me and my schedule. But I think even if you can do 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day, I think that is better than nothing and it makes a big impact over time
0: what hmm. so you came from I'm curious about your artistic background because it sounds like you've done a lot so you came from kind of formal music training and were you were you always doing visual arts and writing within there or is that something you discovered later on in your in your career
2: I was doing all of them all the time when I was younger. They were all just fun for me. And I think music became the thing that I did seriously. It was like my my extracurricular that went on my college applications and it ended up being my college major. And it was the thing that I did more seriously, I guess, like I said. And it it kind of pushed away my other creative pursuits just because it took up so much of my time. And while I love music and it's always going to be something that's important to me, I think that the way that I ended up pursuing music for a long time kind of took out a little bit of the creativity that I enjoyed about it as a kid. Like when I was younger, I would spend hours harmonizing for fun and transposing for fun and playing stuff by ear and making up songs and all these things that felt really fun and creative. Mm -hmm. But that was very different from studying a violin concerto and Mm -hmm. working on measure by measure how to do the articulation and the dynamics so precisely and exactly what they needed to be. So it kind of took that fun aspect out of it for me, even though I'm grateful for my music training and I, I love classical music too. It's just not, it wasn't fulfilling in the same way. So I kind of came back around to those other creative pursuits and to music. I have been doing music in a way that does feel a little bit more fun and creative recently, like just playing for fun and doing a little bit more fiddling and improvising. So Hmm. that's been fun to kind of get back to.
0: Hmm. I can imagine there's people listening that are already uh maybe checking themselves out of what am i trying to say that maybe can't relate to growing up with engaging in a lot of creative pursuits um that you know they felt like they were never that kid um so who what types of people do you work with in your as a creativity guide and what do you say to people that might come to you that don't have as rich um,
2: creative background as you have? That's a really good question. I work both with people who already consider themselves creative and just need that accountability and structure and someone to kind of guide them in the direction to making more of the art that they want to make. And then also people who maybe have this inkling that they want to do something creative, but they feel a little stuck maybe in how to get in touch with that creativity. And I would say that everyone is creative. I really fully believe that. I think you're both on board with that too, based on your podcast (laughs) and what I've heard. Um, So I think if somebody feels intimidated by – maybe they don't feel like they were an artist. Maybe somebody told them that they weren't good at art either explicitly or implicitly through their actions that they weren't good at art or music or writing or whatever it is that they were interested in doing. I like to think about creativity as play. And so maybe if like sitting down to make a painting feels like too much, that doesn't really feel like your thing or you're not sure if you can do it, I would ask what feels like play and how Mm. can you start to do that in little ways? Mm. I like
1: that. I think so far, one of my favorite takeaways of something that you said today was that not even everything you do is good. (laughs) And I think that's important when people are beginning or looking at, professionals to know that even professionals aren't making masterpieces every single time they create something. And and to know that that also isn't the point of doing what we're doing. It's not to have the next great piece of art in some museum. It has nothing to do with that. It's, it's the actual process of doing it. So I love that you said that, that not everything you do is actually that good.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up. And I think, I mean, that's part of why Making space for creativity every day is so important. I think that another reason that we sometimes have resistance to doing that, especially those of us who tend to be artistic or who maybe have artistic goals, I think it can feel really frustrating to put that pressure on yourself, mm. that you have to make something really good every day. And I think that's part of the reason why we're waiting for inspiration to strike. Mm. Because it's like, if we don't have that inspiration, it's not going to be any good. Mm. But but it's still worthwhile. Because like you said, it's, that's not really what it's about. And sometimes I start making something that's like embarrassingly bad. (laughs) And then by the end of the session, like 30 minutes in an hour in sometimes longer than that, it turns into something that's actually one of my favorite things I've ever made. And maybe it's just Mm -hmm. like a little nugget that I have to come back to later, but it's like, I kind of had to work my way through the muck first to Mm -hmm. get there. It reminds me of
0: some of the, there's some programs um, in medical education that are starting to incorporate um, more of the humanities in medical education. And one of the reasons, and they're using the arts um, quite a bit. And one of the positive outcomes that they see when their students, you know, take an art class, go through art appreciation, all that kind of stuff is they start to become a little bit more comfortable with the unknown because you if you think about the type of kid that might come into um, a, you know, into a medical school, they um, are probably have done a lot of STEM, they've probably done a lot where, you know, their coursework has been very exacting, and you have to have the right answer. And when you come into medicine, and you're working with humans, there isn't always that clear cut answer. And so um, they're finding that, even with men, medical students are engaged in the arts and they are finding that we're like, okay, I'm going to start. And I don't know if the outcome is going to be what I want it to be or, um, any good quote unquote, but it helps, it helps. That's kind of a muscle in itself is sometimes we have to take risks in, in our human, in our humanness. And we don't always, know what the right answer sometimes there isn't like a quote-unquote right answer and in the arts I think we really have the ability to really flesh that out and play with that idea uh, every time we interact with the
2: arts right yeah I think that's so true and that reminds me of when I was teaching music I it really made me grateful for the fact that I had been doing music from a young age and had experience with like doing hard things that didn't go well at first or sometimes mm-hmm. ever because we have like, it's very easy to be risk averse as humans, I guess. But I think that the beautiful thing about creativity also is that it's a really low stakes Mm-hmm. risk we put a lot of pressure on ourselves but like it's just a, a drawing or just a piece paper <laughs> exactly you can make mistakes it's not going to hurt anybody so yeah. why not go for it
0: yeah uh go ahead richard looks like you had a question oh
1: i was just gonna say that i want to give people a way to go for it by talking about the creative like how to set up your own creative space but i want to take a break before that so if you had other stuff you wanted to talk to her about we'll wait we're good. Yep, we're, we're good. Also, my my headphones went out, so I have no idea what you guys have been talking about for the last five minutes. <laughs> I'll catch in, the, you up in the break. It looked really good, and I can't wait to watch the replay and listen to it again <laughs> to hear what I missed. But we're gonna take a break, and then we'll be back with Maria to talk about how you can actually set up your own creative space in uh in your home. Whether you consider yourself a musician or not, music is all around us, and it affects our
2: everyday lives, whether it's background music influencing our shopping habits in a store, organ music adding the vibe to a baseball game, or a playlist convincing us to keep going on that last mile of a run. I am Mindy Peterson,
0: host of the podcast Enhanced Life with Music, where we take a holistic look at the power of
2: music in our everyday lives through the lens of science and health, sports and entertainment, business and education. You can find me and Enhanced Life with Music at
0: mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast or wherever you get your audio. Unleash the power of music.
2: Make your day richer with The Richard Wilmore Show. Meet amazing musicians, talented actors, brilliant authors, hilarious comedians, and the most creative people in entertainment. Download the KP Media
0: TV app to watch on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire.
2: Medical professionals are burning out at an alarming rate. Burnout can cause health workers to feel hopeless, trapped, helpless, worthless, depressed, sleepless, and tired. By joining the Heart's Need Art Gratitude Grams program, medical staff receive a personalized email and video from a musician, an artist, or writer once a week that includes a message of thanks an encouraging song, uplifting poem, or a simple art activity. After watching their Gratitude Gram, participants report feeling more hopeful, empowered, energized, and appreciated. If you
1: are or know a healthcare worker, that would like to receive free gratitude grams, please visit heartsneedart.org. We're back uh, with Maria Ramsey, who is a creativity guide, which feels like a dream job to me. I don't know mm-hmm. what saying. uh And I want to talk about how people can actually set up a creative space for themselves. Because so I think people get overwhelmed with that, that it's expensive, that they have to leave, that they have to go to want a paint and sip night to like do something. And you don't have to.
2: You definitely don't have to. And you mentioned at the beginning of the episode that it could even just be a corner. And I fully agree with that. I think if you have the luxury to have a whole separate room for your art studio or your music studio or whatever, that's amazing. I don't have that luxury right now. A lot of (laughs) us don't. And that's fine. So like for me, my creative space First of all, I think it's important to have a dedicated creative space in your home somewhere. But I also think it's okay if it's multifunctional, if it needs to be in your home, because a lot of us don't have maybe a whole corner that you can dedicate to your art. So for me, for example, my creative space is also my workspace where I do maybe less creative tasks like emails and writing things that are not so creative, <laughs> doing taxes and whatever. <laughs> but but it's also my creative space. So something that has helped me and something that can help you set up more of a creative space, if it does need to be multifunctional, is to have storage for your creative supplies. And I feel like when I first started doing this, it seemed so Like so basic that it didn't even matter, but it actually makes a huge difference. So, I have all my colored pencils in little cups and I put them away in a specific place. And I have very specific storage for my art paper and notebooks. And just having a space to put them away when I'm not working on them so I can turn my desk back into my work desk makes such a difference. It makes it so much easier for me to take out my art when I do want to work on my art projects it like takes away that resistance that I think sometimes we have like oh it's going to take so long to set up my art projects or I don't really have time I don't have space but if you can kind of have really streamlined storage
1: that makes it a lot easier. I suppose it also helps to like kind of uh, not make it so chaotic. To me, in my head, I'm thinking like paintbrushes everywhere and colored pencils. And if I were to look at that, I'd be like, "I need to clean." You know, it's like, <laughs> like when you put it all away, then it's organized. It's like it's like vacuum marks when you do the carpet. Like, okay, this this I can handle. That's what it. That's what I was thinking when you were talking about storage.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because I used to do that too. Like I would have my colored pencils and my paper out everywhere, and it just felt mm. so chaotic and especially mm. now I work from home. So that would feel especially chaotic because my art supplies would be all over my desk or all over my dining table. So that's been really helpful to have a dedicated space for those. It also sounds
0: like taking them in and out creates some ritual around the creative process. Like, you have a process for, okay, I'm going to start a creative activity, I'm going to get out my supplies. And then when I'm done, I'm going to put them away. So it kind of creates this, these like bookends to kind of, I know, for humans, like those rituals are really important for us to put parentheses around things that are important and to help our brains focus, right? Like having some sort of um, rich, I don't know, is that something that you talk about in your and your uh, creativity guiding <laughs>
2: about <Yes. laughs> rituals around art. Yeah, I definitely do. And that is another aspect that is really helpful for me of having my art supplies in the specific places, like you said, because something that I talk a lot about too is the idea of boundaries and creating boundaries mm. around the things that are important to you, especially your creativity, your art practice, whatever that is for you. And I think having those boundaries really allows me to, when I'm making my art, when I'm in that creative space, that creative time that I've carved out for myself, I can really fully be in it. And I don't have to think about like, oh, I probably should be checking emails right now. I should be making lunch I should be doing something else I can really kind of sink into the moment and I know this is what I'm working on now and then once I put my creative supplies away now I can move on to the rest of my day but I've carved out that space and it's kind of a protected space and time that I have made for something that's really important to me
0: okay I'm having like a personal epiphany aha moment (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh my God, my brain's exploding. Of uh, I've never thought of ritual, the similarity or really kind of that boundaries are a type of ritual. Like that ritual and boundaries, what? They're the same thing.
1: Like, take a moment, I mean, take a moment.
0: I'm like, my brain is still like absorbing. Uh, but like, it's so, oh, it's so true. Because, you know, if you think about boundaries and like, I think of that in the realm of like psychology and and you need better boundaries in your life but really what that is is it boundaries exist to protect the things that are important to us and rituals exist to help protect the things that are important yeah (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) exactly like you know so if you think about um you know even like a religious ritual or a or like thanksgiving you know so this is a a period where and yes there's a lot of controversy about thanksgiving let's think about it in kind of the abstract okay we're using this as a as an opportunity to stop everything and celebrate gratitude like we put ceremony and ritual and boundaries around our time and this in the ritual the elaborateness of it that those processes help us create those boundaries. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I'm going off on a tangent. My brain's
2: exploding.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to need to write about this in my journal later in my
2: creative spot. Amazing. <laughs> well, they're very connected. And I think that the idea of carving out creative space is too, it's like, and that's kind of a boundary in itself, like creating a specific space in your home for creativity or creating boundaries around it mm-hmm. because it's important to you.
0: Richard, you're going to have to take over. I'm
1: just going
0: to process this.
2: I
1: guess I timed the commercial break wrong and we should have taken it (laughs) down and give you a couple of minutes to gather your thoughts. So I'm thinking like I'm a a person who's going to set it up. I have nothing. I know I need organization. I know I need drawers. What are some maybe top things that you think people should have in their creativity space?
2: Mm, Good question. I think it's a good idea to have something that inspires you. And I think that that can look different for different people. I like to think about it in terms of my senses. So I would encourage people to think about first, what senses do you feel especially connected to? Like Maybe if you're a visual artist of some kind, you might be really sensitive to visual cues and colors and shapes and things like that. Or maybe you're really into smell or maybe you're really into touch. And so I think then thinking about what things really inspire you on a visual level or smells that feel really cozy or inspiring or energizing to you, kind of whatever you want to cultivate or textures. Like I have a velvet chair that I like to sit on in my creative Mm. space, like having those Sensory details, that those can also kind of help you drop into the, the moment. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I'm taking so many notes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yes. So that's one for sure. And then another thing that I think can be helpful to incorporate into your creative space, and this really comes from my perspective as a feng shui practitioner, is plants. Because plants and feng shui represent the wood element, which is all about growth, and it has to do with new beginnings as well. So that can be a really supportive thing to bring in if you want movement and growth and inspiration in your creative practice. And it also, plants teach us a lot of lessons about caring and nurturing for another living being. So if you think about your creative practice as something that can be cared for and nurtured over time, and you kind of watch it grow and blossom, a plant can be a really beautiful metaphor for that and a way to represent your intention for your creative practice in your space.
0: Hmm. I have dead plants in my room. Does that, does that, count? just gonna say that? <laughs> that like, gonna That's like
1: not a good sign answer. for me as a person.
2: It's not recommended to have dead plants, but. <laughs> That's okay. See, I told you I need I need this.
0: My thing. Maybe you
2: do.
1: <laughs> well, people are thinking that they need you, which everyone should. Uh, how can they connect with you? How can they get a hold of you? And are you doing like virtual things or is it all in person?
2: I'm doing virtual things. I'm doing mostly That's... virtual things at the moment. But if anybody is in Northern Vermont, I'm happy to do things in person too. There's not a lot of people here. Um But my website is thephilosopherstem.com. That's probably the best way to find me. And then I'm also on Instagram at thephilosopherstem. And I have a podcast called Never Wear Boring Socks, where I talk about creativity. Nice.
1: I know. That's, I think, what drew me to you when I was... When I found you, because we, (laughs) I think we, and we talked about that, our love of fun socks. We did. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's hot here, so I'm never really in like fun socks anymore. But when I lived in cold climates, I love fun socks.
2: It's another way to express your creativity, which Mm -hmm. is what I love about it. Like you could wear boring socks or you could wear fun socks.
1: So why not fun socks? Why not fun socks?
2: See. I have boring socks. This this is my problem, guys. <laughs> I have dead plants and boring socks. <sighs> okay. But I Can also I... think it depends what boring means to you too. Like they could be boring to somebody else. Like maybe they're plain and black, but maybe they're really meaningful to you. Or maybe they go with your outfit. Oh.
1: Then they're okay. not so boring.
2: Okay. 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 Thank you. I appreciate. You're that. welcome. We,
1: we should have thought about this earlier. We all could have brought out our favorite socks. <laughs> and Really, got to look at Stansy sporting socks. Oh Man. boy,
2: that's, that's fast. Fast. Okay, that's,
1: right. that's a different episode. Um, well, I want to. Well, I want to make sure, Stansy, if you have any other questions.
0: I'm still reeling from the last half hour. I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs>
1: You can take a minute. <laughs> okay. It'll you can and then you can listen to it again. You I am. can yeah, you can watch it. You can do everything. But Maria, thank you so much for uh coming on today and and Rocky and Stanzi's world. I she's <laughs> now a brand new person, I think.
2: Amazing. Well, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was yeah, really lovely to talk to both of you. Yeah, we love connecting with people that are really
0: working to make creativity more accessible and and guide us. Cause I think this is something that isn't, that isn't ingrained as part of our culture in the United States. Like it's not a normal part of our everyday life. So we have to be, we have to have someone teach us how to do it. So thank you for what you're doing and for sharing your wisdom with us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it especially so- as adults. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's exactly. what I was just going to
1: say. It is so interesting that we have to like reteach ourselves how to use yeah, <sighs> Because it's something we know
2: how to do as kids, but it gets kind of squashed out of us and like we're so confident
1: as kids we write on walls. Like we're (laughs) (laughs) you know, I hadn't thought of that. And now we're like, oh, oh my no, god! I can't even do it can't in my own private. Okay, it's too much. my brain is exploding. It's too much. We need to. It's it's too much, and we need to give you a break. So, wherever you're watching <laughs> or listening to the podcast, make sure you're subscribing, and make sure you go on our YouTube channel and get us to 100 subscribers, please. And thank you. So close. So close. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Thanks for listening and watching, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: is written and performed by Natalie Lane. Visit heartseedart.org to learn how you can support our mission to create joy with people facing life-altering health challenges. Join us next week to learn more ways you can create art for the health of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Heartseat Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice,